お前はもう死んでいる何
hypothetically, you could go if Dustin loses, you could just set up Connor and Chandler, uh, maybe or Chandler. Gaethje. Yeah, you could do Chandler or Gaethje. Yeah, or you could, but you could put Gaethje in the mix right now. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think uh, you know Charles is Bill Bronx has been so impressive. I mean, this from the start of 2020, he beat uh, Kevin Lee with that triangle, yes, and then sir. he he goes in and almost breaks Tony Ferguson's arm in December, and then now he's it's a pretty impressive streak. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if you peeped his coaches; they all have the same haircut. Like they all yeah, have blonde hair. Dude, I mean, shout out to Charles Oliveira, bro. He just seems like a very, very good guy. Just like from the countdowns and beddies, all the interviews and stuff, he just seems like a good guy. And, yeah, uh, I, I, I love Charles Oliveira. I mean, it just sucks that he doesn't know any English because he can't market himself the way I, like I, I think he should be able to market himself. Like, guy could. I mean, yeah, it, we have proven like that. Like, if you can't speak English and you and you're in the fight game, it's kind of hard to get fans, but. I mean, yeah, hopefully he can pick it up like uh, Francis Ngannou get, did it, uh, like, just pick it up on the way as he becomes more famous. But, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. In the co-main event, we had uh, Tony Ferguson and Benil Dairouche. Um, This was a, kind of a turning point fight for Tony. Um, obviously, he was on a two-fight skid. Um, he was He's coming off loss to Charles Oliveira, and now uh, he lost to Benil uh, by unanimous decision. Uh, interesting fight. Uh, Tony lost on all scorecards, 30-27. You could argue that the second round, he should have lost 10-8. But, um, yeah, it was uh, – oh, man, Tony's – I mean, I don't want to say he's done because I don't like to call out people that are done, but, like, he doesn't have any more. 37 years old. He's in a young man's division. It's kind of hard. Um for Tony, I, I think for Tony to get back to the top, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a compounded problem. I think it's the fact that he's getting older, and it's the fact that the 155 division is the most stacked division in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Per se, like an older person can get can get away with being older, like say 135, like say Jose Aldo, you know? Yeah. But like with uh with Ferguson, I think. It might be time to retire, but I feel like I feel like Dana is gonna hesitate to make that call for himself, though. You know, right? Yeah, I, to like not be to be like fuck you, Dana. I'm not retiring, and there's nothing like that he can do about it. I mean, we've seen like he's really he's a big guy, and um, now I wouldn't say he would fight for the title at 170, but I definitely think there's a um, a good a good possibility he could really get some money fights there. I think uh, maybe Nate or Nick Diaz would make sense to me. Um, you know, there's, 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 I think guys at 170 who could really give Tony a challenge because at this point of his career, I, mean, I think he's a stand-up fighter. He's no longer, his jujitsu is no longer where it, it should have, it should be. Um, his wrestling is kind of non-existent, has been non-existent for his whole career. So, um, yeah, I think he should, you know, try to entertain some some fighters uh, above his weight because right now one fifty five is just everybody's hunting for that title. It's a bad yeah, time for to look for money fights at that uh, at that weight class. There's no money fights. You're just it's just killers. Yeah, it's just killers. Um, I I wouldn't even entertain. What if Tony? What, what do you think of Tony? Maybe going to another organization uh, start like a one fifty like Bellator's one fifty five is pretty weak. 
I mean, do you, would you, if you're Tony, would you entertain something like that or going to one? Um, I feel like Tony could be competitive in both one and Bellator, but it's just a matter of what he wants to do. Like, I don't, I don't know if he wants to be under the Bellator banner as much as he wants to like keep testing himself in the UFC. Like as much as he's been dominated the past, what is it like five, three, three, eleven rounds? I think I think it's still in his mind. He he still thinks he's on like at the top with these dudes, you know. Right, right. I don't know how his mindset would be that would enable him to go to Bellator. It'd be or, tough, uh, definitely. Um, yeah, I think there's some fights that you know Tony could still could still make. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it, I question his motivation. I mean, he did change camps uh, ever since the Gaethje loss. He changed camps twice now. Um, he went like kind of solo against uh, Charles, and then he, uh, I think, in the press conference, he talked about uh, he went back to his ultimate fighter coaches. So that kind of always worries me uh, with Tony that he's um, constantly changing. I, I know he had a solid group with. Uh, forgot his, his his boxing coach uh i think his name was rashawn i can't remember his last name but um uh, he had him and eddie bravo in his corner and um kind of changed up and i feel like that's where he was most eff- well, effective but yeah but uh let's talk about benio Dariush. i feel like everyone's undercutting him yeah man he's uh it was such a good win um he's on what a seven fight win streak now um beat probably the biggest name uh on his record so far um and a very underrated uh hit a split win against carlos diego fajera uh back in february which won five the night and you know him getting tony him getting tony was just fantastic i mean the guy is also kind of like charles like very um well-rounded um can knock you out could sub you a uh, good wrestler um he gotta work on his trash talk game though I think I think he's perfect for how he is, bro. He doesn't want to be a big star. I think he just wants to belt and uh, a few more fights, maybe two, two, one or two more wins. And he could be in that picture fighting against Oliveira or whoever that's going to be. Yeah, um, I definitely think that he should get the uh, loser of Dustin Connor if it works out like that. Um I think that would make a, a good uh, make a good fight. Um, yeah, most like mostly for for Dustin though, if Dustin loses because Connor, I think he would dominate Connor in so many ways. I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure if Dana or Connor would make that fight happen. Yeah, that's uh, that'd be a, a weird fight. Um, ah, he's a dangerous guy. I definitely think he's a dangerous guy. I mean, we talked about him fighting Islam, but I don't see him taking a fight against Islam at this point. Um, I think Islam. Yeah, Islam. yeah Islam Makhachev is a dangerous guy, and I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't see him fighting anyone in the top five just because. Uh, I'm not saying that anybody's scared, but it's a scary matchup for anybody. Um, on top of uh, on top of that, uh, we had a few co- uh, few more fights in the main card. Um, Quick hitter. you watch any? You watch that? You watch the whole card, right? Yeah, I watched the whole main card. Um. Matthew Chris right, so Bon-tarine. and first Bonterine. Uh Bonterine, that was a good fight. Um I thought Bonterine, yeah. yeah, he he won. I thought he won that. Um I wasn't. Yeah, definitely, definitely 
the third round solidified it and um good bounce back win for him after getting uh KO'd by Kai Kara France, right? Mm-hmm. Not yep. too long ago. Yep. Um it was a good win at one thirty five. I think uh what they said on the commentary was Schnell came in on a week's notice and he definitely looked he made weight, but he did, or no, he didn't make weight and looked he looked kind of uh kind Bonterine, of, Bonterine, not Schnell, Bonterine. Oh yeah, Bonterine, sorry. Bonterine um, came in what, 162 on a few weeks' notice. Yep, yep. And um yeah, you, you can see he's a little chubby um coming into the fight, but he got it done. Um yeah, Schnell had a I mean they were talking about it on commentary. He should have he had an opportunity to really put the pressure on and tire the guy out, but um, yeah, it, no, it day, didn't like, really show a sense of urgency. Yep. And I, I thought, yeah, Bonterine, um, good win for him. He's a good he's he's a good prospect at Bantamweight. Um but Bantamweight's so stacked right now. Yeah, both these guys are are flyweights. They it was just this one time, I think. Yeah. But if we'll give confidence to Bonterine going if, back to the flyweight division. Course and yeah, when, when we get into flyweights, uh, hopefully he could build up some more wins because I do think he's a talented guy. Um, he could build up some more wins, get himself into uh, maybe the top 15 sometime this week and kind of build from there. But yeah, I, I was really impressed from him. Uh, yeah, wishing nothing the best going forward. Um, we had Caitlin Chikugin and Vivian Arojo. Okay. Um, uh, again, another, another fight. Um, Caitlin, I think this is, if I remember correctly, she's kind of in a weird spot at flyweight, right? Like, yeah. So Caitlin Kukagan is pretty much, I would the gatekeeper, I guess. Yeah. Because like Andrade beat her and got the title shot, but she's she's always been that number two number two girl in that division, and like, I guess gatekeeper is kind of. It's a good way to describe her, but she beats a lot of people. Like she, she does a good job at gatekeeping. Like it's just a matter of time before she gets another title shot, probably. But in that division with Shevchenko, it's like she dominated her. I don't, I don't, I don't know what she would do in another title shot, but she did look good yesterday for sure. Yeah, for sure she did. Um, and you know. As it's just hard for for you know when in that division with Valentina, um, it, it's kind of the Robert I call it the like, the Robert Whitaker syndrome where like you're so good you're the, always going to be the number two but you just haven't beaten the number one person and um, you don't really deserve a title shot right away but at the same time like you you probably should if we're if we're being fair um, so. Yeah, she's been really she's been doing a, doing a good job, like you said, gatekeeping. She's only thirty two years old, so, um, you know, maybe she has time to turn it around. But at this point, um, champ is a champ at that division, and, and it's gonna be really hard, um, to see who could you know really upset her at this point of her career. But um, yeah, that that was a great showing from her. Um, go and yeah, it gives me some confidence in her going forward. Um, and then we had Shane Burgos and Edson Barboza. Uh, this was a fight. Yeah, this was a great fight on paper. Uh, Edson, of course, knocked him out in the third round. Kind of a scary knockout. Um, he kind of, yeah. It, I don't know. He kind of punched so him. So that delayed. And he it was delayed. He kind of like fell down a couple seconds later and uh, had to be, I think, pulled out on a stretcher, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, that, that delayed. Knockout gave me like you know Gerald McClellan, yeah, yeah. Gave me kind of those Gerald McClellan vibes where it's like 
his his mind was saying yes, but his his body was just shutting down. But from everything from the press conference or from the post fight press conference, everything seems like Shane Burgos is okay. Like he was he was all good. Like immediately after he got got up. So hopefully in a few days everything will get cleared up and we'll see that he's good. But I mean, that fight was pretty much exactly what everyone was looking forward to for yep. a Shane Burgos and Edson Barbosa fight. Yep. And I, I think uh, Edson, to me, really looks like he's getting comfortable at 145. Yeah. I, I really love because I think he could um, throw a – he could be the monkey in the wrench in that division. Um, I think he's ranked like 13 or 14. But, um, like, if he could get top seven and we can get like um, – no, Edson versus Calvin Qatar or something Giga. like that. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be dude. That'd be that'd be great. That'd be great. I would love to see Edson um, put himself, maybe not exactly in title contention, but in that mix where we could see some fun fights from him. Um, because you know, he's Edson Barboza. The guy's one of the most prolific strikers probably ever that we've seen in the UFC. So uh, Shane, I, I, and I love Shane Burgos too. Don't get me wrong; like that, he he looked he looked pretty good um, in rounds one and two. Good. He did look good. Um, just up until that point, it was just really bad for him. Um, and then of course we had a, you know, some, some prelim cards that were notable. Andre Muni, did what did you think about the Andre Muni's, uh, where he broke Ronaldo Sousa's arm? Yeah. It's time for Jack Ray to, to pack it up. Yeah. That was, uh, one of the, uh, craziest arm break. I mean, you could hear it on camera. Like it was, ooh, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. It was loud. It was, yeah, that one was bad. Um, Jordan Wright. Uh, knocks out uh, Jamie Pinkett. I thought that was a good performance. He's a guy who's on the rise, twelve and one right now in, in middleweight. Great prospect. Um, yeah, I think that was the basically all the uh, notable fights that I, I saw. Um, it was a good yeah. card all around. What do you think about the card all around, though? I would say it delivered, like for having Leon and um, having Leon and a. Uh, what was it? Fucking Nate Diaz uh, drop out. Like, would, would that happen? I feel like um, it performed. It uh, it did well, all things considered. Definitely got a great main, and I know people are not going to like the co-main because it was straight jujitsu, but I, I found it entertaining. And everything, every other fight besides that was high pace, entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I love, I loved, I loved every fight on that card. I thought it was a great card to see um, the fans back made it awesome. I think, I don't think we had the same reaction about Charles if the fans weren't there. I think them being there made it just so much better. Uh, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I think Dana did a pretty good job uh, making salvaging this card, especially after last week's fight night. Um, I thought, you know, I think that would have gave, gave them a lot of momentum with TJ and San Hagen being probably one of the best fights of the year. Uh, but with that canceled, you know, he did a good job of keeping the momentum uh, with this fight, with this fight card. So, yeah, lo- loved, loved UFC 262. But we're going to get into our uh, WNBA this week. Uh, of course, um, we had a little controversial moment out here uh, with a, a comedian, uh, Tony Hinchcliffe. Uh, he was caught on camera in a comedy club. Um, he said some racial slurs about asians um and uh i mean okay i'll say it. he said chink um but he was uh 
yeah, he, uh, the context of it was uh, there was a uh, Asian comic named Pang who uh, got up on stage before him and he actually made some white or he he made some white jokes of uh, not towards Tony or anything, but uh, apparently towards the audience. Um, and then uh, Tony got on, was trying to be experimental, said said that word, uh, kind of insulted uh, Pang. Um, someone caught it on video, um, and now we're he's kind of in a cancel stage right now. Um, a lot of people up in arms, uh, especially with it being uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Month. Uh, what do you what do you think about uh, kind of the situation? Uh, obviously, I. I think that the joke was in poor taste and, but I also think like the other side of me thinks like these are comedians, you know? Right. And it's like, are you, are you going to take everything a comedian says seriously? Like, where do we draw the line in that? Like, I, I, like, what do you, what do you think? Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on line to draw? Because there's a few things. So if, if it's a, if it's a black guy on stage, like if that was a black guy, like and he said and Tony said the N word, like that would have been so out of pocket. Like I think there's something about that being so out of pocket. I just think that majority of people don't okay the the people who know what there's not a lot of people who know what that word means. Like chink, they don't know what that means. And for the people who do know, like they know not to say it. So like when it's like shock shock value like that, it's kind of uh. It's kind of it's going to cause some outrage for sure. Now, I'm not going to say that comics shouldn't try these things, because if like comics never try these, we don't get like the Dave Chappelle sticks and stones, uh, type, you know, comedy special. We don't get a lot of like these kind of shock value uh, comedy. And I think comedians should keep trying it. But you better make sure it's fucking funny, because like the way Tony did it, I feel like it just there's no, it's no, none of it was funny. Like intellectually wasn't funny. Um, for shock value wasn't funny. Just because like he didn't really, you know, comics are, are a lot like artists where like they plan things. You should plan your jokes. You should make sure there's context around them and make sure it's, you know, either intellectually funny or it's funny enough to get a laugh. I just think that it was kind of like a throwaway line. Like it was, he just kind of said it just to say it. Like, yeah. You know, like he just was in the back he heard Peng probably make some white jokes and was like i need to figure out an asian joke so that i can get him back and he just didn't say it. he just said it i feel like in poor taste due to being just like i don't know probably uh thinking about it like right on right on the spot so but then on the yeah. flip side you know there's got there's there's comedians like uh bill maher or um steven crowder were like if they said that that would be in my opinion out of pocket because they're so connected politically and they have a they have an agenda whereas i think tony doesn't have i know tony doesn't have an agenda but um if like a comedian like that said that uh that would definitely i think that would be worse um and i would actually say that it would be he would deserve to be canceled at least for a little bit um because of the agenda but yeah it's a i agree with you it's such a hard line to uh to yeah. like to draw because it's like okay if you don't let them do this type of thing then you don't get the creativity like you're, you're just losing out the, on the creativity yeah it's definitely one of the the hardest uh it was a definitely hard situation at the end of the day do you think he should get canceled though um 
I was going to build off what you were saying first. That's a good point when you were saying, like, it really depends on whose mouth is coming out of. And further than that, I think it depends on the intent in which the person is saying more than even the person itself. And, yeah, I don't – I mean, I honestly don't even find Tony Hinchcliffe very funny at all. Like, I think he's kind of a cringy co- comedian. But, I mean – like it was a, um, I think in this situation, like, like, like you're saying, if it was someone else, like in a different context, I feel like it's more warranted to to cancel it. But I feel like the intent of the word for for Tony was, I think, it was just intent to go back and forth with the other with the other comic because, like you said, the comic was making white jokes and then he was coming back making Asian jokes, and I just feel like. You think part of it, like people getting mad, is because like, did you see the Asian dudes like set? No, I did not. I didn't get to see it. So I just heard what was. I just kind of heard what Tony said about his set. I mean, he wasn't very good either, bro. <laughs> like they were both pretty shit, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, I guess, definitely. like you could just chalk it up to shit comedy. I don't think you could chalk like. Uh, I wouldn't want to be the one to point at this and say like straight racism. You know, I feel like it's just kind of like. Like garbage comedy. It was yeah. It was definitely a bad taste joke. Just yeah. Yeah. Just all around, there was no thought put into that joke, um, and no context. So it was definitely a bad faith joke. Um, one of the re- problems I had on on Pang's side was that um, he posted this on tw- on his Twitter. Um, and I know comics have uh, kind of a code of conduct with that. And um, yeah, I know he didn't record it, but um, do you think he should have posted? posted up on twitter about it or do you think he should have dealt with tony i mean we don't really know if he dealt with tony directly but do you think putting on social media helped his case um i didn't i didn't see the social media video like like what that posed some questions like was it in context out of context like was it just that clip or did they show the whole set or it was just that clip it was just right after he introduced tony um and then kind of skips a little bit and then it goes right to right when tony makes that joke uh, right when he gets on stage um i feel like now i don't know like the situation with tony and pang but it seemed like pang was getting a little he was chasing a little bit of clout because i don't know if he was trying to be funny or if he genuinely meant to say this but on the post it said um happy asian american pacific islander month and he posted that and that video was the post but that was you know that was captioned so um i don't know if he was doing it for clicks or i i don't know but it just seemed like you know why would you why wouldn't you uh maybe post a little bit of context to it because that was the only thing he posted so we don't know right and the I was context behind why he did that and i feel like that's a little bit of cloud chasing if i'm being honest like just that's a yeah, tiny I was, bit i was gonna say just the way that the way that he formatted that tweet, it's like, if you were really mad, you would say that you were mad, you know? It's like, yeah. you wouldn't just post this and be like, look at, it's it's more of like a showcase in this in this matter when you post Happy Asian Pacific, Happy Asian and Pacific Islander Month. It's like, you're, you're just kind of trying to showcase something and get clicks, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know like how he feels, but if he really felt that he was offended, I feel like he should have actually spoke out or actually spoken to Tony. So Yeah, 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 I, def- I definitely. It really looked good on his side just based off that, but. Yeah, from from a, I'm I'm sure the comedians would would disagree with um 
would disagree with what he did. Um, but I'm not. I'm also not going to invalidate his feelings. I mean, he if he does really feel like uh, you know I'm offended. I don't like people saying that word because you know I don't like what's going on with Asian Americans right now. Uh, those are valid feelings. I just think that he went about it a little wrong. Um, we, we've seen comics before, like when uh, Louis C.K. said the N-word like on live TV. Like p- Comics were like, yo, I'm not fucking with Louis. Like, at least not right now. Like, why the fuck yeah. would you say that? Like, um, so Dude, I, feel like, I feel like that's reflective of uh, maybe it's a generalization, but I feel like it's a reflective of like Asians fighting prejudice in America. You know, it's like we don't actually speak up for what we want. Like this guy's right. just kind of, I don't know. Like he could, it could have been a good opportunity to kind of bring light to, just yes. like Asian harassment in general. But he kind of just made it. I mean, he's a comedian, right? Yeah. Like we were saying, like where do we like, where do we put this in context? Because they're comedians. But like, if he was really offended, like, like, like it seems, it's like, just speak out, you know, like yeah. straight up, outright say what you feel, not just hide it behind a post. I think that's definitely, I think you're definitely right on that. Like, it's kind of indicative of where we are kind of of, I don't know, but it's it's kind of where we are culturally with, with Asian Americans. I mean, um, I didn't see any Asian comedians kind of come to Pang's defense or, you know, speak out against it. Um, like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see none of that. So it's kind of, um, you know, it, it's different. Like, I think as a, as a culture we're told like not to speak out, you know, just kind of put your head down and you know, go to work. But um, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like with, with this situation, it's like, I, I just hope that I would have hoped that, you know, you know, we don't know, like maybe, maybe Pang did talk to Tony and Tony was like, fuck you. Like it's a joke. And, you know, he didn't. And then, you know, he probably felt no uh, resolve to it. So that could have happened for sure. And, but I just think yeah. that, you know, if you're going to post that video, give us a thread like tell us what happened you know you can't just post a video leave it like that and yeah. like just kind of just assume that people will understand what you mean or exactly. you're in time posting that it's like you got it yeah you got i mean i felt i would have felt like he had to give us the exact breakdown of what happened why it happened and things like that you know and you know i've since i've been listening more to comedy i i, I kind of get the darker side of comedy now um before yeah like uh like Ari Shafir, I really didn't fuck with him at all <laughs> when he was uh when when he yeah. was making all that shit about you know when he was when he was really I know it's an act like I, I think now I know it's an act um before I yeah. really didn't know like, if it was an act or not and um yeah I can I can appreciate that type of comedy but you know it comes with if you're gonna be a savage there's gonna be a hound waiting for you at the door you know what I mean so it's like yeah it's like you're you're walking on a tightrope sort of say. Yeah, you're always going to be, you know, kind of, uh, you're going to get ridiculed. So you better be ready for it and you better know how to handle it so you don't get canceled. Ari Shafir does not give a fuck because he knows he has fans. Yeah. I don't know if Tony has a fan base like that, though. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, like, yeah, kind of turning it towards Tony's career now. Like, who knows? I don't know. I, I actually do not know, like, how, how many Tony Hinchcliffe fans there are. So it's like, who knows? And Who you knows know, could... I mean, I was gonna say like he could just show up on Rogan a few more times, but Rogan really doesn't fuck with people who get canceled because I know he doesn't want to get canceled either. If you look at Rogan, like I'm pretty okay. sure Rogan took him off his um his poster or something. He did for, for like his next like they're, they're supposed to be the next comedy show, and I think 
It took him off the poster? Oh, shit. Yeah. That's crazy because if you look at, like, people, I mean, at least in the last year who've gotten canceled, um, like, Brian Cowan comes to mind, and he has not shown back up on Rogan. Like, Rogan, I mean, that was, like, a few months before he left for L.A., so he could have, I mean, I know, like, people will say, like, oh, he lives in Texas now, but Brendan came out, he didn't show up. Um, he had a few months to show up in L.A., but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not as gonna. It's not gonna be as easy as showing up on Rogan or showing up on uh, other people's podcasts, and you know, just going back to normal. I think it's gonna take a lot of time before this guy has to come back on the. Maybe he can stay on the road, but it's gonna take a lot of time before he can um, headline shows, headline and- shows, yeah, things like that, which is uh, you know, probably unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah, just a. Uh- Especially because just just pretty much rehashing what we were saying. It's just because it's just because comedy is such a it's such a tight rope, you know. It's like I feel like comedy you should be able to say what you want to say, but then again, like there's there's got, there's got to be like limits, you know. It's unsaid unsaid limits, you know. Right, and like uh, Chappelle is just a great example. Like Sticks and Stones, if it, the reason why he could get away with something like that where he makes fun of trans people where he makes fun of asians or you know he makes fun of like child molesters is because it's funny like it was really funny it's intellectual yeah like it's they're like the jokes are great um the reason why tony can't is probably not gonna survive this because shit wasn't funny like if like richard Pryor said if you're gonna say something controversial it has to be funny or you're just not gonna it's not gonna fly with a lot of people so that's pretty much the perfect way to put it right there honestly that richard Pryor quote is the perfect way to put it yes yeah so to, uh, to wrap up you know we'll be we'll be back next week with nate um yeah we just had a little little quick session today nate couldn't make it out this morning yeah um, yeah hopefully you know we'll, we'll definitely have nate on next week we def- i think we have uh, a, a guest next week so we get to speak special to him. guest coming next week yep yes sir uh Guys. football player that we yeah. grew up with so uh, we have yeah we have a nice episode for y'all. We're we're, uh, we're gonna be on Spotify. Uh, we'll have the clips up on YouTube. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we'll catch y'all next week. Peace.